It seemed that entrepreneurship and spirituality were in conflict. But they were mistaken. There is a profound art to building high-performance business that expands the soul. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is what we are here to explore. This is the Pure Power Podcast. I am your host, Oliver Philbock. Welcome. Boom! Welcome to the Pure Power Podcast, episode number four. I am delighted to have you back. We have a very special episode today with the first guest, and we'll be diving into a really, really beautiful story in just a moment. So very excited to be welcoming you back. Before I introduce the guest, uh, just a quick loop back into the last episode. We spoke about the zone of genius, how to bring your pure power, so this spiritual connection and the connection with yourself into your business, uh, using the zone of genius and really doing the thing that you are meant to be doing. And today will be a beautiful real-life example of this with a guest that I very much love and very much honor. So I'm excited to be introducing you to him in just a moment. And before we do that, just a quick sponsorship message also. As always, this episode is brought to you by Pure Power Coaching. We support high-performing entrepreneurs with the inner shifts that create both the expansion of the soul and the expansion of the business. So that being said, it is my joy to introduce you to our guest today, Mathieu Meuse, yeah, or Mathieu My House. We, we were just saying, <laughs> either way works beautifully. He is a landscape architect in high demand, founder of Paulonia Landscape Architects in Belgium, speaker and upcoming author. And his work is something that has been really inspiring me since we've been working together for three years and we have seen so many quantum leaps in how he is delivering his work, making a beautiful impact on climate, on the environment and on the lives of all of his clients. Yeah? And Mathieu has been one of the very first clients of Pure Power. So, so nice, Mathieu. You have been one of the first to step into the coaching space and you're also the first yeah, to step here into the podcast. A big, big welcome to you. Well, Oliver, thank you so much for this amazing introduction. I'm more than honored to actually be on your podcast. I think this is a very exciting journey that you have started and it will make so much uh, value for whoever is listening. Beautiful, beautiful. Yeah, and I'm looking forward to really dive into your story yeah? because since we met and we just had a little pre-chat before we recorded this, it's been almost exactly three years yeah, I think yeah, that we know each other might actually met. be on the exact day of three years how many <laughs> would that be that's so cool yeah that's so cool uh, and it's not a halloween joke yeah today we're, <laughs> we're recording on almost a hello <laughs> so since i met you three years ago so much has happened for you yeah? and so many quantum leaps we met when you kind of came fresh out of university and now you're running a thriving business you're highly sought after as an expert speaker writing your book you're building incredible projects pretty much all over the world if i know this correctly so tell us a little bit about your story yeah thank you oliver i, I love this question and to answer it properly i'll actually talk about my backstory so i grew up on a family farm in belgium 
and my brother and my father are farmers and this business is very dear to me but as i grew up on that family farm i had some at a very 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 early age i think it's one of my earliest memories must have been around 3 years old i still remember that i had a huge fascination of how on earth it is possible that if you have a little seed and you put it in contact with the soil that it can actually grow into a magnificent plant into a huge tree even like the moment i realized that at this super early age i was like what the hell how is this possible and actually from that early age where i got into like gardening at that age already i i was asking my parents like i really want to grow my own food i want to start my own vegetable garden i was collecting seeds and i was already from that day learning so much because to a certain degree i was a little bit naive because i just like start seeding things and thinking that it will grow and i had some early early successes with like seeding radishes like for any of your listeners who <laughs> nice. are starting their uh, gardening journey growing radishes is like the easiest thing ever so i started with that actually and i was so stoked at that early age like i'm growing my own food how crazy is that and then i just thought okay i'm going to do it with all the rest of the things and i started seeding tomatoes salads everything and i thought like oh this is so easy i'm going to leave it in my garden i'll come back a couple weeks later and we'll be full of vegetables and obviously you already know what happens next is that i come into this garden after a couple of weeks it's completely overgrown by weeds and i'm like what the hell how is this possible <laughs> and actually from this story that i explain you now the rest of my life has been defining this because from that moment on i really wanted to understand how nature works and from that journey i started like doing a, just a regular school but then in in university i got into the field of landscape architecture because i really wanted to put this into practice and then from there i had my master degrees and i thought like wow i have everything that i need i'm going to start my job i got into a 9 to 5 job i still remember the day where i was like with my suitcase for my first day at work <laughs> i was like yes i've made it i start my job a couple months in this job which was like in munich i was living in germany at the time mm-hmm. uh, like in a high company the like this germany has like the best landscape architects in the world it's like germans know how to do it and i thought like okay this is amazing and i start this 9 to 5 job and a couple months in i'm like what the hell am i doing here like i'm not put on this planet to do this so i kind of became depressed already at that time and then it just took an, another couple of years to stay in that like okay i'm just going to keep doing it i started something and at some point i said this is enough i'm going to quit i quit my job and i thought like okay i'm going to explore the world took my backpack and i said like okay i'm just going to travel the world and find projects that are actually having an impact on our planet that are changing the world so i visited lots of farms lots of eco resorts and yeah from there i then actually i think at that time well we might have met but i'm not sure it's probably another year or two after that because i did some freelance work but like fast forward i started my own business at that time like knowing that i wanted to have more impact directly with my clients with my projects so yeah i think that's kind of uh, in a nutshell my story 
Beautiful, beautiful. Thanks for sharing this. And I loved what you said about this, uh, the tiny seed yeah, that contains the blueprint for the entire existence. And funny enough, in one of the earlier episodes, in the episode number two, I just gave a quote by Jesus Christ, yeah, referring to the spiritual fundament uh, of this whole pure power methodology, where he says the same thing. Yeah? The seed, and he speaks about the seed of the soul, is smaller than a mustard seed, he says. Yeah, and then it grows into this magnificent tree that caters for the birds and for the animals and so on. So speaking about the blueprint of the soul also, this calling that we have inside. And it feels like when I met you three years ago, yeah, this was an important inflection point where you started to listen to this call in your soul to not you know, work for this company in Munich, but to do your own thing. Can you talk us a bit about your journey of unfolding this calling inside? Like, how did you, how did you hear this? And what was your journey of uh, up to the point today you know, of unpacking this? Yeah, thank you for that question. I, I think that that crossroad in my life was actually a very important moment when we met and when we started to work together, because I knew like where I came from, it was not the right path. Kind of, even though I did like move ahead in my business or in, in the sector that I was working at, I gained a lot of experience. I traveled a lot, but I was kind of like faced with challenges that were not outwards, more like inwards inside of me. Like, okay, what the hell? What am I doing here? Where do I want to go? And I saw quite a few opportunities, but I was like blocked and like, okay, what am I going to do? So from that very difficult and we can say kind of yeah it was a dark moment i in retrospect obviously i think it was one of the best moments in my life because it kind of like took me so hard it kind of knocked me out and it was probably like life saying like okay you need to stop doing the things that you don't like or stop doing the things that you're not meant to be doing in this lifetime and you have to get into your alignment and connect to your purpose to your intentions Yeah, through our work together, we then discovered like, okay, I, I know that I'm here to inspire people into having a positive impact on our planet to help my clients directly. Like now I'm also getting into the farming business, which is very dear to my heart because I think all of the climatological challenges can be solved with farming actually. So I think, does that answer your question? Yeah, yeah, beautiful. And I think there's a few avenues here that we could explore in more depth. But what I'm hearing is this moment where it sounds almost a bit like a dark night of the soul sort of a situation yeah, where you were doing something, but inside you felt yourself maybe dying a little bit. I don't know if this is too dramatic yeah, or if I can say like well, this. No, it did feel like that to a certain degree. Yeah, exactly. And I know from my own experience, but also from talking to so many people that it's a very common phenomenon this place yeah but not everybody chooses to really lean into this calling and to take a courageous choice and so many entrepreneurs are out there and they're building something which is successful on paper but which doesn't fulfill their heart yeah? and they're slowly kind of like waking up in the morning feeling anxious and not enjoying what they do and so on. Where did you get the courage and the dedication maybe? How did this go? Yeah, This choice for you to say, 
hey, I'm hearing something here and I will, you know, I will lean in here. I'm going to follow. Yeah, thank you for that question. And I, I think it started probably just before I started traveling the world, like in that kind of hard decision of saying like, okay, I'm just going to quit and travel. Um, at that time, I read Eckhart Tolle's book, A New Earth, I think. You're probably familiar with it as well. Beautiful book. Yeah, yeah. Love it. And that was, I think, the start of like, okay, whoa, wait a minute. There's like a lot of things that are happening unconsciously in my life and that I can actually start taking control of, just like my, how I have my emotions. And I, what he explained in his whole book, the whole situations of how many people are living their lives into all kinds of being connected to all kinds of emotions. It was so eye-opening. And then it started from there. I traveled. Like I might have gotten a bit sidetracked on the inner work because I was doing all kinds of fun things, traveling, learning, uh, surfing as well. Surfing is one of my big passions, I think, that we share as well. But I kind of got sidetracked. And this is actually amazing. Now I realize it again. At that time, I was still with my girlfriend and we were traveling for one and a half years. And we kind of started to decide like, okay, let's just extend it. This is so much fun. And at that time, <laughs> I went into the rainforest in Ecuador, like in the depth of the rainforest. We traveled for two days to get like very deep inside. A lot of coincidence happened that I actually met like a guy that did work for National Geographic, but you cannot find him anywhere. So we went on this journey into the Amazon and... In the Amazon, obviously, there's lots of mosquitoes and you have to spray usually like hard spray to protect yourself from the mosquitoes. Mm -hmm. But I was like, damn, we're in this pristine landscape. And, and just by the way, just this was my, one of my most profound experiences being in the, the Amazon rainforest in Ecuador, close to Peru, like really <laughs> deep. Wow. It's just crazy. Yeah. Like the amount of the, the trees, the biodiversity, what the hell? So it, it had a, an, a profound impact on me and, and now it's actually coming like I, I should have sprayed much more of this poison to protect myself from, <laughs> from the mosquitoes but I was like fuck it I'm here now and guess what happened yeah. I got dengue I got this uh, it's similar to malaria or even worse than malaria and I felt really sick I like got into hospital I lost 10 kilos uh, so that was my sign I need to go well, it was not my sign. I had no choice. Like, okay, wow. I'm not going to stay in this, in Quito. It was like a good hospital still, but I'm, I'm going to, I need to go back to Europe. And I think to some extent wow. that had a massive impact. I now realize it, that it was maybe like a calling of nature saying like, your purpose is to protect nature in as many ways as possible. Let's give the guy some dengue and then uh, he'll find out the hard way that what he's here to do. And I think now wow. really I realized it so deeply that I, I kind of like my girlfriend broke up with me out of the blue. Like this was like going down, 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 down. And I was like, what the hell? Okay, what should I be doing? And then somehow I was scrolling over Instagram and I saw something about you. I said, okay, let's jump on a call. And I think, yeah, then, then the whole journey started of like, okay, now I'm in this dark place. Let's stay in, for, in it for a bit to really understand what, what is there and from there it started going upwards and that's now three years ago so wow it's just amazing i i just realized that, that man incredible 
Yeah, beautiful. I get goosebumps as you share the story of being there, you know, in, in the rainforest and not protecting yourself adequately with the poison. How powerful. Yeah, life just taps you on the shoulder and just kind of says, hey, you're needed <laughs> elsewhere. This is your thing. I actually also, I came into a deep part of my journey through an accident. I think you know about this. I'm sharing about it in the very first episode. But yeah, sometimes it seems to be like this, that life kind of says, Hello. <laughs> well, Wake up. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. I think the universe also has a lot of humor uh, in that sense. Yes. That it's and it's like I think my destination was pre, it's pre like what I have to do here it was predefined because like how the hell on earth can a three year old be fascinated about uh, seeds and plants and yeah. nature? It was predefined in my opinion. And then what I think is that if I get too much sidetracked of like the alignment of where I need to be working on, like you have a bit of room to get sidetracked, but if you get too far, you will end up in this depression, burnout, all these things, or even worse, get dangy and have like a, a kind of like wake up call. I love that, man. I love that. It's almost, and I think that's a beautiful quote. I don't know who said this and I'm probably also going to be destroying the quote now, but it's something like, uh, kind of, this, the soul, yeah, or life kind of taps you on the shoulder and gives you hints. I can keep speaking. But then if you don't hear the whispers, then at some point you'll just get a slap in the face. You know, it's like uh, something more dramatic is needed. And one thing, Mathieu, that touches me really in what you shared about your episode there in the rainforest was this, also this inner call that you didn't want to like use this poison in this environment. And I feel... Let me know if I'm accurate with this, but I feel it's really closely related to what you are actually doing now in your company, where you specialized on bringing really biodiverse and really like, yeah, natural environments to life, but then in a very pristine way and with really like beautiful designs and really leading edge kind of high quality. So instead of bringing you know, poison there, it's like setting it into a kind of a new frame, like with this same respect and devotion and like appreciation and precision. Would that be accurate? Does, does that resonate with you? Yeah, definitely. Like I can, I can elaborate a bit on that, but this is like one of my main pillars of my business, both on my one-on-one -on -one clients where we kind of do everything for them and to the people that I kind of teach how they can do it on their own. I also have this masterclass since a couple of months and there I always tell them like don't use any poisonous things that will harm nature and it might sound like a bit of naive but in essence what and we can re reflect on or we can compare it to our personal health that like if you're ill if there's ways to actually regain your health by not using antibiotics and all other things you'll be like way better off on the long term. Obviously, if it's life-threatening, it's another story. But I see a similarity or yeah, it's not even a similarity. It's kind of the same in gardens and creating a biodiverse garden. If you're, you're faced with a kind of pest or some insects that are taking over, if you then use a spray and whatever to kill that, you might, it's like a quick fix. You're going to fix it. Obviously, the insects will be gone and maybe your flower is going to be better off on the short term 
But on the long term, you're actually making it worse because what's happening is when you use these chemicals is that you're destroying the life in the soil. And this is something that mm -hmm. nobody even or many people in my industry are not talking about. It's like what is happening in the soil because there's like a right. rich biodiversity in the soil. Like it's proven that a teaspoon of healthy soil contains more microorganisms than there are people on the whole planet. So we have to oh, wow. protect that and we actually have to stimulate that to have a healthy soil because healthy soils create healthy plants and healthy plants are obviously going to be more resilient to insects. And so it's kind of a mm -hmm. continuous loop, feedback loop of improving the health of your garden. It's so essential. Yeah, beautiful. And so that feels actually very, like very groundbreaking in a way because most people you would go to nowadays to get a modern landscape designed or a modern garden or something like this, they kind of just chop everything off, right? Everything is razored and kind of like in a hospital, you know, sanitizer, kind of bam, 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 make it, you know, uh, like this. That's not alive anymore, but it looks nice in the end. Yeah. And maybe you don't need to like maintain it very much or something like this. Or you have this wild growth kind of scenario yeah but in this approach you're actually bringing them both together and creating a very unique uh, like i said we spoke about zone of genius in the last episode a very unique offering from your genius from the depth of your heart yeah? and i'm sure everybody can feel how close this is to your heart yeah i very much agree so i think what you brought up you, you already kind of immediately brought the second pillar of of our business And I kind of, at the time when I started my business, Paulonia, I put some thought on it. And this plant, Paulonia is actually a plant. This Paulonia tree, which is also called the oxy tree, because it can produce so much oxygen for us to breathe. It's like the best in the class of biodiversity. So it has this, in, for me, this connection to ecology, biology, and all the, the sustainability mm -hmm. aspects that we really have to take care of for our planet. But on the other hand, it also is a beautiful plant. Like it, it, there's so many cool aspects about it. Like it flowers very early. It makes beautiful flowers when there's still nothing happening in spring, in early, early spring. And even if you like, there's another way, if you cut it down each and every year, it regrows with six meter shoots. Like even in our climate, we're in Belgium, but wow. most parts of Europe nowadays, it grows very well. And it makes these huge leaves and it gives like this kind of a little bit of a tropical aspect to your garden. And it, it's, yeah, it's easy to maintain. So there's that second pillar of beautiful design because this is also something that a lot of my clients are also faced with. Okay, either they think that a beautiful garden cannot be biodiverse or that a biodiverse garden has to be ugly or not <laughs> well maintained. And in fact, in both ways, it's the exact opposite because... If we go even back to the garden history, it's really about creating a culture, like culture in terms of maintaining and playing an active role in, in maintaining nature and the combination of structure, like the earliest designs of gardens, like this four, mm -hmm. this, I'm drawing it now to you, but it's this four pieces of a garden. Uh, yeah, like four quadrants kind of thing. Yeah, exactly. Like in a matrix a little bit, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yes, that, and that's the earliest conception of gardening. And, and there's even more amazing proof from, also again, from the Amazon rainforest that the Amazon rainforest to a certain degree is man-made. They found research showing that the forest is maintained and kind of 
developed by how the humans have interacted with it in terms of planting, act, wow. playing an active role. So I think that's also something mm -hmm. that wow. it's interesting for your audience to understand that in the, our planet that we live in, we can and we might have to take an active role in maintaining and improving our uh, environment. So and, and garden is one great way of doing that. There's other ways, mm -hmm. like agriculture, mm -hmm. obviously, as well as a big part, but Yeah, anything that has to do with outdoors. Beautiful, yeah, beautiful. And what I love about this so much, I mean, I agree deeply on the ecological aspects and many of those things that you mentioned. And what I love about this very much is just to feel you also in this, like to feel you, the soul, just like realizing yourself yeah, through this. Like when you speak about this, you really light up and I can feel your heart and the depth and the passion that you have for this and the like authentic drive here. And it's something that I tell people who are working with me that there's no, you don't have to sacrifice to build an amazing business. Yeah? You don't need to make politics, but you can build something that really deeply lights you up and that is really alive in your deepest heart and do that very, very successfully. Maybe you can share a little bit about your perception of this and what has been your journey uh, with this. Yeah, thank you for that question. And I think how I will answer it is to show that like, I have found now my alignment or the reason why I'm here and doing what I have to do. But to a certain degree, I have always known it and it has always been a part of me. And it's not like something that you have to find somewhere Like, I think for each and every individual, there will be an aspect that is like in service of our whatever humanity, uh, nature, like each and every person has that inside of them already. It's just about finding it and honoring it as well and actually allowing it because a lot is about allowing things because even, yeah, we touched upon it before, like. I still get faced with like, okay, I need to build a business. I need to reach more people. And, da, da, da. and then it becomes too like from another place of like, okay, I'm at service for my clients. I'm really having a positive impact here. So it's kind of still a dance in that way. But yeah, I think it's, it's also important to find people that can help you to get, to kind of reconnect with that inner alignment because it's not really about finding it out or like thinking like, oh, maybe I want to do this or I might be good at that. It's predefined. It's just getting back to it. And I think to a big part, it's also like if you can go back to your your early days, like your your childhood days, there's a, a high likelihood to, to find some of the answers there as well. Like I, like I mm -hmm. shared in my story. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I'm, I'm hearing in what you say a little bit this, what you mentioned also with the business, sometimes getting into a different mindset. It's almost like a, really building from the heart or then falling into some games of the mind that say like, like whatever, it has to be like this or you cannot, whatever, you, have, you cannot build a garden that is both beautiful and uh, diverse and good for nature or something like this. Yeah, those are stories of the mind. So it sounds like this journey also of just really navigating what really comes from inside and feels really true and beautiful and empowering and yeah, close to your core and what is just 
something that's superimposed by the mind or this pressuring, yeah, like what you said, or like whatever the company needs to grow like this or needs to grow like that, and then coming from a different space. Yeah, I think I agree. It's like this kind of, well, we could dive into that, but the attachment of, of success and then moving in like this. For me, it's still a dance, kind of a play between, okay, you, you have this inner alignment, you're like at, at a certain, you know where you have to go. But then if I just stay in that and think like, okay, now things are just going to come to me because I have found my alignment, uh, enlightenment, whatever you call it. Then you just sit there and then you think, uh, I'm just going to manifest everything. No, nothing happens. And then the other side is, okay, you need to take action, deliberate action. We worked on it so much. Like, it's not about just like setting the intention is one thing, but then moving ahead. But then in both extents, there's also a kind of, I don't know, it's the, maybe it's the ego or something that is luring just behind the corner to to either become too <laughs> spiritual and, and get hung up in the, the spiritual side <laughs> of it or get too hung up into like, oh, I need to get more work done, more work done. So I'm still trying to figure that out. And I'm also curious to, yeah. <laughs> to, hear, to hear your perspective on that because we kind of need both. It's maybe the duality of our world that we are in the physical world we live in. But both extremes can actually yeah. have an impact. Yeah, I mean, I would definitely agree on that. And I feel that's really at the essence of pure power. It's like coming first to the purity of the heart and to this pure intention inside of like, this is something that really lights me up and really gives me joy and that I feel enthusiastic about. Yeah, that's the purity. But then also the power. Okay, then I know it. And then I put the BMW motor behind yeah, and I full steam full steam, not holding anything back. That's how I see it. But just making sure exactly as you say, that we keep navigating those two dimensions and we're not like so many people are running and running and running around and they don't know where they're going. Yeah, it's like you go on the street and everybody's so agitated and so nervous and everybody's always stressed. But then few actually at the same time connect with their heart and they check, okay, what do I actually want <laughs> out of this life? Yeah? What is it actually that like deeply, deeply fulfills me? What are the most sacred moments for me? And that's where I feel that we should be putting our power, not into some stuff, yeah? just because the mind thinks like this. So that's my view on this. And I'm also curious because I mentioned in the beginning of the episode, since I've known you in those three years, there have been lots of quantum leaps where it feels like something shifted and then you found like a deeper mm, layer somehow with what you were doing. Like suddenly the business really exploded or you found a new way to position your services or something like this. And then the joy came and there were a few like distinct moments where I saw this happening. And I'm just curious if, Maybe you can explain a little bit how that happened, or maybe you can share like one of those moments if one of them is kind of fresh for you, yeah, and share a little bit the anatomy of how this came together. There's many parts that I could dive into, but what's been for me more recently very uh, crazy in a way is that I keep seeing kind of things that happen in my life where I'm saying like, okay, this is just too crazy. It can't be a coincidence. 
And then I often trace it back to like, often I, I'm with the business, it grows, you get a, a certain growth process and then you, you get new challenges and you kind of get a little bit blocked. And then it's like, all of a sudden there's like 10 fires at the same time. Like this client is calling me, that is happening there. I need to answer that email. Like this is being a solo entrepreneur at this stage. I start working with, with freelancers, but still it's all on me. And then what I realized, what I like back one or two years ago, what I could like get into like procrastination and like get stopped and blocked. Like, oh my God, there's just too much things to do. And poof, shut off completely. It's probably in our uh, instinct as well. But then what I've figured out now, and it's crazy, amazing, that if I just know, okay, these are all the things that I actually have to kind of tackle or, or get done. Uh, and there's a couple of things that, yeah, it's just some difficult things. I just take one thing and put all of my heart in it, like block off all the other things. Just start with one thing because that's all you can do at this stage. Forget about all the rest. And then I do that, it's done. And then all of a sudden, uh, oftentimes those 10 other problems, five, six of them uh, get solved on their own. And that's something mm -hmm. that I've, I've experienced now more and more. And also this, that's one side of like avoiding uh, difficult moments, but also on the positive side, like mm -hmm. if I take up a new opportunity and I'm not sure where it's going to bring me or if it's really like the right objective choice, but I feel like from a gut feeling perspective that I really want to do this, but it doesn't actually make sense. And I still do it. I move ahead. And then this gives amazing new opportunities that I never could have dreamt of. Like this mm. year alone, like I, well, and I think this is also could be interesting for your listeners as well. What I do each and every year between Christmas and New Year's, I take a couple of days off. I go into the woods and if I can find like a small cabin, whatever, like completely mm -hmm. disconnect. I do two things. I reflect back on the past year, like, okay, what the hell has happened? Because oftentimes when things move ahead, you forget actually what, what I've done. And I start looking ahead into the next year and write it down, like actively thinking, like taking one or two days to do that. And then this year, for some odd reason, I wrote down, okay, I want to write a book. Okay. I had, I never thought about it in depth, why I wanted <laughs> to do that. A couple of weeks into the year, like two, three weeks into the year, I get an email from a guy that I follow saying like, uh, this year is going to be really, because I follow him because of uh, stock market and, and some crypto advice. Mm -hmm. He said like, this year is going to be, nothing is going to happen. Well, everybody makes assumptions obviously, but he said like, there's a high likelihood that nothing will happen in, in this field. You need to invest more in yourself. One way of doing it is writing a book. Here's a guy that, a book. Gives a, uh, <laughs> that can give you a course on how to do it uh, as quickly as possible Boom. or as, as productive as possible. It's like, okay, yeah, I wrote it down. I've made it my intention without even thinking too much about the reasons behind it. And then just things come my way. So that's like these quantum leaps, I guess. Yeah. So it sounds a bit connecting to what we've been speaking also in the beginning of the show of the episode, you know, these taps on the shoulder where just somehow like as if life wants to express something through you and you kind of just listen, uh, leaning in 
And I love what you shared about the, like even the mind, maybe it doesn't like it in the moment and doesn't maybe make sense in that moment to the mind, but somehow things open up and beautifully so and create many new opportunities. And I feel that's also very central to, I mean, that's what a quantum leap is, right? It's coming out of the old conditioning and jumping into a new conditioning. Yeah? So it would be strange if there would be no mental resistance about it. Yeah? That means we're just kind of in the same thing, but then bam, yeah? something shifts. Yeah, what I love about these kind of quantum leaps is that the effort is not in the actual leap because that's too huge to actually make that leap. It's just in like mm -hmm. taking a certain decision and moving because you can't move ahead like as quickly as you can imagine within the moment. But if you still like make one step in that direction, boom, like blows up into something else. Because I did tell you that because from that book I've written now, it's called 12 Universal Laws of Nature, How to Get the Most Potential Out of Your Land. This is, it's coming out in the next uh, couple of weeks, months. Let's see. I, I think it will happen this year. Mm -hmm. And from that book writing, before it was even published, I got an award from it, from uh, somebody that Hola. I shared it with. Nice. So it's already received an award. And from there, somebody invited me to come on a documentary and talk about health and wellness. It's a whole documentary. I was in Canada traveling there, it's going to be about health and wellness. And I'm covering everything that has to do with gardening and farming. Like if you can be in touch with nature physically, putting your hands into the soil, mm -hmm. your own products, as if you can, then your health is just going to improve so much. And then another aspect in farming, how farmers are, some farmers are changing the world and how we can play an active role in that. So yeah, boom, not a quantum leap. So, so good, man. <laughs> boom, boom. Yeah, so good, man. And I feel that's a beautiful note, actually, to kind of leave our listeners with just this invitation yeah, to really feel into this desire that is there somewhere, the seed of the early plant somewhere there in the heart, and just to fully lean in and then to see all the beautiful trees that, that grow out of it. Yeah? Thank you so much for coming on here, for sharing your journey. Maybe just before we wrap up, Mathieu, where can people learn more about you? Where can people find out about you? And is there anything else that you would like to share with our listeners? Well, I actually want to start with your last question because I think your last question was like, okay, what can people do if they're listening? And what has been like, we talked about this three-year journey where so much things have happened after coming out of a, a difficult period. And the one thing that helped me the most is getting like a support system in place, a mentor, even a group of people, whatever might help you, because we are social beings. We are, we are yearning for connection with, with other beings and we can actually tap into their experience, their knowledge. And what I figured out is that at an earlier time, I was trying to get a hold of a, a mentor of mine that is still a mentor, but it wasn't an active mentor because I like I asked him, do you want to be my mentor? He said, yeah, and he did it for free, but it didn't like push where I had to go. So I also encourage mm -hmm. people to, even if it's like a, sometimes a difficult thing, like get an investment in somebody that can help you because 
there's no way around it. And it's an investment that can earn itself back so quickly. Yeah, like I have experienced. So I think that's, that's something uh, I want to end with on, in terms of what we discussed. And then... Amazing. Yeah. Yeah, thanks for bringing this. So just, yeah, I mean, you, dear listener, being here on the show, you know this, but if you resonate with this, with what we have been speaking about and you're looking for support, always, of course, feel free to reach out and I'm happy to, to have a conversation. Thank you for that, uh, Mathieu. For, and of course, also, if there's uh, another person in your space, it's always good to have somebody supporting you. I, I deeply agree on that. Thank you for that, Mathieu. Where can people learn more about you and find out about your work and get in contact with you? Yes, so there's a couple of ways. I touched upon it already, but they can find me on Instagram. I think you put in my personal and my company profile. Then they can see what we are doing. There's my uh, website for kind of the done-for-me approach where people work with me and we do everything for them because there's many people that have busy jobs. And that's uh, uh, paulonia.la.com. There you can find our website. And then I've been working, I said it before, I'm working on this exciting new part of teaching people how they can actually design, create, and maintain their own garden because I've realized that there's also a big yearning of people that say like, okay, I don't want a landscape architect. I want to learn how to do it myself. And I found like... Get back to it. Yes, exactly. So if people are feel a calling to that, they can either jump to the to my website, www.gardenofyourdreams.com. They'll find some information there. You can also purchase my book already, pre-order it, then you'll get a signed copy. That's www.12lawsofnature.com. Yes, that's correct. 12 we'll put it in the nature. show notes as well. And then a final way, like if people feel like a direct calling and they want to take immediate action in improving their garden environment, whatever they're working on, They can actually book a, a direct call with me on, on Calendly. It's a free 30-minute uh, training. And we'll dive directly into your project and see how we can or I can help you as much as possible. Fantastic. Fantastic. Beautiful. So, Mathieu, thank you so much for coming on. It's been a real joy and an honor to host you here. And I'm so delighted and proud also of all that has happened uh, for you in the last years. It's really, really awesome to see you flourishing and rocking it out and all my blessings man all my blessings for all that is to come and for the book release and the new teaching modalities and uh, yeah all the exciting stuff in the pipeline yeah thank you oliver i, I just also want to give a big shout out to what the work oliver is doing because like the moment that like started my whole personal career and personal growth was actually the work I did with Oliver, we, we went deep and this has actually like helped me get to my goals and still this is having a, a huge impact in, in where I'm heading and what is still to come. It's, it's amazing. Beautiful. Thank you for this. Thank you for this. And so with that, we will complete our episode today. This was Mathieu Mehoes. Did I say it right? Yes. Practicing my Flemish kind of uh, pronunciation here with us uh, today. Thank you all for tuning in and I hope to see you soon back here on the Pure Power podcast. Many blessings to you and to see you soon.